0: From Relay FM, this is Upgrade episode 195, the third annual WWDC draft. Today's show is brought to you by Pingdom, PDF Pen 10 from Smile, ButcherBox, and Skillshare. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by my draft compatriot,
1: Mr. Jason Snell. Hello, Mr.
0: Mike Hurley. How are you? I am very well indeed, very well indeed, because we are drafting today. Of course, draft time. It is time because WWDC is next week, Mm, so it is draft time this week. But we have possible, yeah, we have some things to get through first. Oh, and we will begin with our hashtag Snell Talk question for this week, and that comes from Steve and Jason. Steve wants to know: Over the years, um, when you've been going to WWDC keynotes, has your seating gotten any better? Like, have you moved closer <laughs> to the stage over the years? And and also, did you seek a particular spot next to a friend? Or are there people you try
1: and seek out to sit sit with when you're watching the keynotes? So the way it works... So back, back in the day where Macworld Expo was a thing, because that was run by IDG, we got... IDG got some seats that were like the... You sit backstage! Sit wherever you want! That was the... <laughs> well, I couldn't sit backstage because Apple controlled that event. Apple, in the later days especially, Apple controlled that event. Uh, but because it was IDG, uh, we got, uh, there were some IDG badges and I got some of those in the, in the last few years of Macworld Expo when Apple was there. And so that was, that was great because there are a few keynotes where I was in the front row. Which is wow. the best?
0: So over the time, you've actually had a seating downgrade.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, at, at WWDC it was a, it was a constant upgrade, uh, at, at, or at, at Macworld Expo at WWDC and other Apple media events. Um, WWDC slightly different because the media group is only a part of the group, and sure. obviously the developers are the other part of the group. So uh, so the audience is a little bit different, and as a result, actually WWDC seating for uh, for uh, media is worse because they want to have a lot of cheering developers right up front front in addition Mm -hmm. to the Apple VIPs. And so we kind of get shunted off to the side. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, So I would say, I don't think my seating has gotten better. Generally how it works is we all are milling about in a space for the media that's separate as any developer listening will know because, and you'll see it again next week, these members of the media turn up and you've been waiting in line since four in the morning and the members of the media like stumble up at eight thirty or nine in the morning, and are ushered right in <laughs> to their separate line, and they wait in their separate space. It's true. I feel bad about it, but I also don't want to be out there at four in the morning. So uh, they they we mill about in our area at the McHenry Convention Center last year. They actually took us in and took us. Um, Upstairs to where the uh, to where the entryway was uh, pretty well in advance, and then they actually loaded us. They load us before they load the uh, the attendees in that case because there are so many attendees and it takes them a long time to load them in. So we're often, I think we were loaded in like an hour at least before the show started last year. So that'll probably happen again. Pro tip: Don't drink a lot of orange juice and tea and stuff that Apple provides for for media members before you go in because you're going to be in there a very long time. Uh, and where's the bathroom? Who knows? Will you be able to get back? Maybe not. Uh, just don't do it. Anyway, um, so in terms of being near a friend, you know, you run into people, you know, obviously. Mm-hmm. I, I, I see people I know. I ran into Mark Gurman. I ran into John Gruber. I ran into Renee Ritchie. I ran into Serenity Caldwell at WWC last year. We were all chatting. Um and what happens is you just kind of move from person to person, you're chatting, and then at some point the stampede begins, right, which is the the doors begin to open or somebody comes through and says, can, you know, can you move toward the doors we're about to open it up. And at that point, you're like, you're going down aisles, you're probably not running, although I'm sure somebody runs, um, because that's a little bit silly. And they, they point you at where you're allowed to sit. And this is one right. of the challenges that you have is like, you think, okay, we're going here, we're in good shape. And then they're like, yeah, you can't come down here, you got to turn, you got to go down to the left further, and then and then over, and then you can sit. And then, you know, it's not orderly in that moment it is literally like people are just kind of like going into a row do I want to have a worse seat further up uh, oh that seat's saved oh now I've lost that I need to back up so there that part's chaotic so in the end I often sit with a friend because we're it's whoever I was with sort of as we began to move into the building or into the into the venue itself in the in the uh, the theater part. Um, and sometimes we will like somebody will get in a row and they'll, they, they know they were with three or four people and they'll sort of save those seats and wave them over and then they'll get in there. I've also had it where I'm sitting next to nobody I know. And it really, but usually near people I know, if not right next to them. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, it, it just, you know, that's just sort of how it goes. Like I was right next to Serenity and Renee in Chicago, um, with, with, uh, there was a group or somebody else was very close, uh, but not, not right next to us. So yeah, it, it, uh, it, 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 that's how it works. It's a little chaotic. Uh, It is nice to sit with friends and colleagues if you can. Um, and sometimes you can't. Um, thank you so much to Steve for sending in that
0: question. It was a great opener for this week's show. If you would like to send in a question to open up a future episode of Upgrade, just send out a tweet with the hashtag SnellTalk and we collect them up uh, for future use. So let's talk about WWDC then. As we're recording this right now, we are quite literally one week away, almost exactly, to you walking into that room.
1: Oh boy. Yeah, almost exact. A week from now as we record this, I will be... In at that convention center, yep, uh, possibly in line, possibly in the room right now. It's
0: woo, here we are, and I'll be getting set up in a, in a hotel room with everything set. I'll have all of my equipment with me, I'll have my scorecard for the draft, I'll have everything all set. I'll be ready and waiting, probably with a coffee in hand, uh, to mark everything off and, and kind of keep uh, my hand on the control center. But going into WWDC this year. There have not been any leaks of any specificity or detail really. We don't really know anything. I mean, that has made the draft that is gonna make the draft I think a little bit more interesting this year because uh, <laughs> there kind of so. isn't really anything um substantial. You know, like the most that we've had is kind of just like Oh, it's gonna be quieter and they're gonna focus on notifications maybe and they might do parental control stuff maybe. Like that's kind of like all there's been. There haven't been any significant leaks. As we record this right now, I mean, we have
1: some you know, kind of we are in red alert over the next couple of days, really. And this is this is what happens is we often do these drafts and then in the intervening week things emerge. But that's also good. Like We're, we're doing it at, the, at a point where we're sort of picking based on the kind of broad knowledge of, of what is what might be there, what has been rumored and all that, but without those things that sometimes leak right at the start. I have to admit, Mike, looking through our draft list, I, st- I started to think of proposing a new rule, which is if you make a good faith effort to pick things that you think might be chosen, and literally none of them are chosen, you win like to shoot the moon, but I don't think we should do that.
0: No, I think I think the judgment on that will need multiple adjudicators. Uh, that's that's an additional complication.
1: Yeah, I do think that somebody is going to get like the golden the golden turkey or something mm-hmm. if they get a score of 0, and it's not impossible that we could get a score of 0 because we are yeah, we don't know a lot the doubling down on secrecy perhaps. Uh the, you know, the Apple has been for all of the the details that people like Mark Gurman get. Um, They definitely are making efforts, and we've talked about them on this show, to show employees that they're investigating people, and they get people in trouble, and they lose their jobs, and they can be investigated by the police, and all these things. And it does feel like stuff has dried up to a certain extent. Also, keep in mind that the meat and potatoes of WWDC is not hardware. Hardware is complicated because there's a a very long supply chain. There are suppliers of parts and manufacturing that happens, and it's... It is a huge numbers of people are involved outside of Cupertino in all of that. And as a result, hardware stuff tends to leak, even if they try to keep it a super secret, like the iPhone would be a perfect example. If there's any product Apple would like to keep a secret until the moment it's released, it's the iPhone. They can't. They just can't. There are always going to be leaks about the iPhone because of that supply chain. But software is the meat and potatoes of WWDC. And what that means is software is a much more constrained group. It's generally just people who work at Apple, mostly in Cupertino. And occasionally they'll bring in a third-party app developer and have them be under serious NDA. And often they are working on their app in the building in Cupertino, not back home. And so it's much more locked down. And, And as a result, WWDC is generally a little more surprising and a little more secretive than... Uh, hardware events, but still, this one feels like the most mysterious uh, agenda that we've had in a while. Also, you know, you've kind of got two ways of
0: thinking about this, right? If you don't, if we don't know anything at this stage, one of two things is happening: either a, it's a sleeper year, there's nothing happening, or That's, b, could be right, or b, they have done a very good job of keeping the leaks under control up to this point. So if you were going to put kind of your your money on, on something, right, like if you were going to say, you know, put, yeah. put a stake in the ground, do you think that it's, which one of those are you leaning towards? That is, that's going to be a real quiet year with nothing much announced or that we kind of don't know anything yet. Which one do you think it is? I,
1: I think it's a, I think it's a bit of both, really. I mm-hmm. suspect that if I had to, if I had to put money down, I would say it's not, it's not nothing. But it's going to be a collection of maybe smaller items, none of which really rose to the point where they became, you know, spread enough to generate a uh, rumor, generate a, a leak or anything like that. So I don't think it's going to be one of those that's like so quiet that it's just like this is a really boring year and Apple didn't do anything at the developer conference and it turns out that they didn't need to even bother Um, inviting Mm -hmm. people other than developers to it, but um, I don't think it'll be that. But I also suspect that maybe it will be a year without some sort of mind-blowing marquee like, whoa, they're, they're adding this thing or they did this thing. I think maybe that's where we'll see what, what what has been sold to us as kind of bug fixes and incremental updates and performance tuning and all you know improved stability and usability and like all those unglamorous things. I don't think it will necessarily be that like Apple will have a big slide that says, you know, bug fixes right i I don't think that's necessarily going to happen if you think so you can pick that in the draft but i um but i do think that the the net result will be a whole bunch of features that they'll say are amazing but that none of which are like the ones that we usually think of as as the ones that blow us away
0: like where you know wwdc 2017 it was constant blowing away for two hours right like they kept Surprising us with lots and lots of interesting things and cool things. And I will say there were a lot of surprises in in that keynote last year, so it is very possible that there will be surprises again this year. But I, I think I'm, I'm leaning towards what you said, that it's not gonna be as big as last year, but there's a lot we don't know yet. Um and I guess, you know, we're gonna wait and see. I mean, like look at something like Swift from twenty sixteen, like completely out of right. the field. Right. So Well and,
1: and that's that's the kind of thing I think there will be a surprise or two like mm-hmm. that, but I just don't I don't think it's gonna be and and part of this is the power of uh, reporting and we'll we'll see you know Mark Gurman's sources have been very good we'll see if they're still very good um uh, a few months ago Mark German said there's a whole bunch of stuff that they're not going to do that um and and his story was basically like apple felt like it was, it seems like it felt like it was uh, biting off more than it could chew in terms of OS development. And so it was going to take some stuff that it was working really hard to get in this year's release. And it was punting it uh, into 2019 because they just, they felt like it was too much. And he listed off a whole bunch of things, Mm -hmm. including iPad features and a redesigned home screen and all these things. And he said, these are not happening. These, and we'll see, like, but the impression you get from that is that the iOS and macOS releases will be a lot less ambitious than maybe they were going to be. It doesn't mean that there aren't things in there that are still going to be impressive and that uh, may even surprise us. But uh, it, it it is everything is tempered by that report, I think, because that report was saying don't get your you know hopes up for massive anou- uh, items being announced in the OS part of WWDC because they're they're uh, trying to be a little more disciplined about. Um, about delivering what they promised, because of course last year they announced some stuff that still hasn't shipped, and that's mm-hmm. um, they they didn't used to do that. So it's been a while since Apple Apple completely whiffed on some features that they announced were going to be in the OS and then never they're about to be lapped.
0: Yeah, which is kind of weird. So we're both going to be in San Jose for WWDC. I'm going to be there all week. You're going to be there for the majority of the week. I be- I believe right. You're going to be going to be in and around town. Yeah. So there will be obviously be a few things that we're going to be attending. Obviously, if you see us around town, please come up and say hi. We'd love that kind of thing. If you if you are going to be around, uh, we're both going to be taking a part of um, taking part in, I should say, the Relay FM live show which is on June 6th, Wednesday the 6th, which is all sold out. We hope that we're going to see you there, and we're really looking forward to that. But uh, if you are looking for activities to do during the week, I'm going to put a link in the show notes to uh, an article written by Serenity Caldwell or more talking about some of the events and goings-on that are occurring kind of throughout the the week in San Jose. It's always a fun time. Um, I can't wait. I'm very excited now. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. am looking forward to to hanging out with you, Jason, and... We'll finally get to you know we'll get to, to score this this draft, which we're now gonna move into. This mm. is the third annual upgrade WWDC draft. Let me run through the rules. So standard rules apply. Ten rounds, 20 overall picks. So we get ten picks each. The winner of the previous draft gets first pick. Jason picked that up uh, with the education event. Jason won that draft, so he gets to pick first. For an item to count when we do our scoring, it must either clearly be announced on stage or on a slide during the presentation. They are the only two ways that a point can be picked up. If something is uh, pre-announced or something is ridiculously obvious, it will not count. So the, the ridiculously obvious stuff we'll know beforehand, right, when we're doing it now. But if something is pre-announced uh, between now and WWDC and doesn't get shown on stage, those points do not count. There are no half points, the points awarded on the episode are final. There's no re-scoring afterwards, so the points will be awarded on next week's show after WWDC is concluded, the The keynote is concluded. And we will have an adjudicator in Stephen Hackett in case of a scoring stalemate uh, between the two of us. We love to and always prefer to and do our best at scoring ourselves, but where well, we can't, yes. we will use Stephen's results uh, as, a, as a guide to help us through. So, uh, so far this year, twenty eighteen's results. Um, you picked up the the last draft. Um, I won uh-huh. WWDC last year, so uh, you did. Gonna, I did. So it's going to be interesting to see if I can. I need this. I need to pull this back because if Jason wins. The, 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 this draft here he's probably going to take all of 2018 right because you know we expect there's probably going to be three keynotes this year in total so this one is very important to me you, uh,
1: to you would only at the very at the very best you would only hope to, to tie me if there were four events which exactly. there probably won't be so yes it's all to play for it's a keynote. your back for. is against the wall here Mike yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and there will be in the
0: show notes a scorecard for you to download so you can score along with us during the keynote next week so we should probably uh, get ready here we're going to reset and we're going to go into picking our first three items but before we do let's take our first break of this week's episode and welcome the butcher box is a new sponsor to upgrade butcher box are the folk who deliver thoughtfully sourced meat directly to your door you can enjoy healthy grass-fed beef free-range organic chicken and heritage breed Pork plus butcher box meats come from humanely raised animals that are never fed antibiotics, hormones, or fatty fillers. Here's how Butcher Box works. Each Butcher Box comes with at least 8 to 11 pounds of meat for you to enjoy, which is enough for 24 individual meals. You can choose from five different box types, including a custom box where you can choose exactly how much you need and what you and your family will love. So they have some options that you can choose from, but you can also just custom pick one as well. The meat is frozen at the peak of freshness in individual vacuum packed biodegradable packaging. Then it's shipped for free with dry ice to make sure it stays frozen after it reaches your doorstep. You can kind of think of Butcher Box as your neighborhood butcher with their quality beef, chicken and pork, but it's delivered directly to your door. And you get to choose how often you want deliveries as well. Plus, the ButcherBox website and YouTube channel have recipes and videos for you to follow along so you know exactly how to cook the stuff that you're getting and also just find some cool ways to prepare it. Now, Jason, I believe that you have received a lovely box of ButcherBox meat.
1: Absolutely. We got a box um, and it was amazing. So yes, packed in dry ice so it stays super cool. You're not going to have to worry about that. It's f- it's frozen. It's hard frozen when you get it, and the dry ice keeps it frozen. The uh, By the way, dry ice, um, rip that bag open. Don't touch it, but rip that bag open and turn on your uh, water tap so that it's hot, and then uh, make yourself a giant, like, uh, make a monster movie in your kitchen. I'm mm-hmm. telling you, it's the best. Or a rock concert. And I... Uh, Sure. You could do that too. Some power cords ringing out there. All right. So there's that. And then we got got, um, uh, chicken and beef. They also have uh, pork. Um, But uh, my family doesn't do pork. So they didn't send send us pork. They send us chicken and beef. And I've made a bunch of stuff with that. I still have some left to make. I was actually going to thaw something today. Uh, one of the things that I like is, so it comes frozen, um, and the first thing I realized is that my, just a little tip, I have a, a, an immersion cooker, a sous vide machine, um, and if you did not know this, if you set it on its lowest setting so it's not warming at all, it's just circulating, that is the fastest way to thaw <laughs> a- any frozen meat, is mm. you put it in there, and you're not trying to warm it up, you keep it cool, um, but in very, like, less than an hour, I think, it was completely thawed, so I, I did that, and then we've made a bunch of meals with uh, with the chicken and the beef. I think I'm going to thaw the um, ground Beef and make uh, burgers tonight because it's Memorial Day as we record this in Cal in California and the rest of the United States, I suppose too. <laughs> I was going to say I'm in California. The whole United States uh, recognizes Memorial Day. Anyway, it's a it's a the end of a three day weekend for us. And uh, traditionally, you uh, kind of like uh, grill something or something. So I may thaw out some of the uh, the ground beef, but it's a uh, very good stuff and uh, high quality. Haven't uh, haven't had any complaints. Just really good uh, the the chicken thighs especially um, that we got. We got chicken breast, chicken thighs, ground beef, and some steaks, and uh, it's all been good. Mm-hmm. Mm. Now listen to this.
0: This is one of my favorite offers ever. For some uh-huh. free bacon and twenty dollars off your first box, go to butcherbox.com/upgrade and enter the code upgrade. That is butcherbox.com/upgrade with the code upgrade for some free bacon and twenty dollars off your first box. Our so thanks to Butcherbox for their support of this show. All right, Snail. Oh my! The friend, the, all this friendly nature is over because it's draft time. <laughs> It's draft time, it's, so we're going to start our true. picks. Um, as mentioned, Jason gets to go first. Uh, Jason will give his pick, we'll talk about it, and then I'll give my pick, we'll talk about it, and continue. So, Jason, what is your first pick, your opening pick, the thing that you think is most likely to happen for WWDC
1: 2018? And I believe, you know, one of the challenges here is, as we said earlier, we don't really know what's going on. So there's a, it's really hard. So... I had this decision of I could open with something that I think is really boring, but almost certainly... I mean, in fact, I didn't even put in here, neither of us put in here game demo on stage, which is like a free point. Yeah, <laughs> It's a free square. And and we didn't do that. But I, I feel like that it's just not even... If, if it's something you know is going to happen, it should not even count. And I, we, I play we to
0: win happen, so. through thoughtfulness, not through trickiness, yeah.
1: you know? So my challenge, though, was do I pick something that I think is going to happen and play for the win when the, when it would be an embarrassing first pick? boring first pick Hmm. and I decided you know what I'm not going to do that there's only one item in one of our categories because we had a little our our agreed upon list Um, we had a bunch of different categories and and even though we always say don't talk about hardware and there's only one item in the hardware list that I think might even have a chance of happening but I think I'm going to pick it first and just let it sit there and we'll see what happens so with my first pick I'm going to say MacBook Pro update
0: Oh wow, okay. That's I a know, big I know. One. Especially I know. because we just spent the opening of the show talking about the fact that hardware
1: leaks and we don't have I know. any leaks. Well, a MacBook Pro update doesn't necessarily mean a completely redesigned MacBook Pro. It, it doesn't. could just be one, one and first off, people aren't looking for Mac leaks like they're looking for iOS leaks, mm-hmm. and something that's not a radical change in the in the hardware might not be noticed. So, uh, but I, I, I agree with you. Like, do I am I high, is this the thing I'm most confident about on my list? It is absolutely not. But the good news is, Mike, that every pick number 1 pick number 10, each of them is only worth a point. But I want to go out with the I want to go out with a big one to start okay. this draft. So there it is, MacBook Pro update. I think here's my rationale for why I think, despite everything, it might happen. The audience is developers. There is no computer developer use I I believe more than the MacBook Pro. I, I know the uh, that a lot of developers use iMacs, maybe even using iMac Pros now. But the reality is, more than two thirds of the Macs sold, I believe, are are laptops and the MacBook Pro for developers, like they all want MacBook Pros. (laughs) They all want to travel with them. It is a hugely important product. I believe that developer audience is going to be the most receptive if there is a positive message about Apple uh, hearing the needs of MacBook Pro users. And they announced MacBook updates last year Mm -hmm. at this time. Mm -hmm. So um, even if it's not a huge like, well, we've rethought it and the touch bar is going to do this or it's going to be gone or whatever like that. Just new processors showing our commitment to continue to update the MacBook Pro because we know you guys care about the Mac. That's that's my rationale there is even though we don't have any signal about that, I feel like they have to say something and it's been a year. And if they aren't you know, planning a fall complete redesign of the entire laptop line, which I think they probably aren't, then this would be the time to get the developers pumped about Apple's commitment to the Mac. So I had my I had this on my list, but but not very
0: high, but I had it in there. I was definitely going to pick it in in out of my 10, right? Just because I agree with you it makes sense. One of the reasons I I didn't put it so high though is whilst I agree that the MacBook Pro's audience, you know, is the the perfect person is the developer for it. I think if Apple don't have something meaningful, it might be a not good audience to show this off in front of. Right. Like if, if all it is right now is just, oh, hey, it has the new Intel chips in it. I don't know if putting that on stage is, is a good thing for them. Right. I think, well,
1: they did, they did, they did it last year. I think, I think it is a good thing for them because, uh, because it is one of the big complaints about these laptops is, whether they change the keyboard or not, right? Right, but that's
0: what I'm thinking of, is people want that right now, whether they want it or they think they want it or whatever, like that's considered the thing that needs to change.
1: I'll tell you, I'll tell you though, they're not going to announce that we are once again updating the MacBook Pro to have the latest and greatest Intel processors because we know you care and you want to stay on the cutting edge with this stuff. And so we've done that today. Um, They're not going to get booze for that. Like they're not, they're not. People afterward will write angry blog posts about them not right. updating the keyboard if they don't. But in the moment, it's it's sending a positive message to developers. Just a
0: reinforcement thing you're thinking of them
1: because because how how soon we forget there was a period in there where Apple was like so slow at updating the MacBook hardware and and not picking up the latest Intel processors. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they have now they did that last year when they when they in less than a year updated the MacBook Pro. So it's now been a year. I think they I, I think they can't wait much longer to update those systems with the new processors. So I think this is that's that's my rationale here. But again, it's a little bit of a shot in the dark. I just didn't want to go out with something boring for the first pick. So there it is, MacBook Pro update.
0: I don't know if my first pick is a boring one. Um, or not. I I don't necessarily think it is, but it really does feel like, to me, if I'm putting this is, again, without really any significant information, but just where I would kind of say, like, this is something I think Apple's going to focus on a lot. um, And it's whatever they end up calling, what Google called digital well-being. I think this Uh. is going to be a a big part of uh, WWDC this year. Some focus on the way people use their devices or the responsibility that Apple has for the way that people use their devices. Some some kind of thing along those lines, which will wrap up into it Some some other features that are also in our draft picks, which we can get into later on because... I obviously have picked a bunch of those. I reckon you may have too. Uh-huh. But just some focus around... And, and I actually picked this for the education event as well. This is one of my things for the education event because I thought it would, might maybe pop up there because that was when the stories have started to surface around Apple needs better parental controls. They're ruining our children. These were, This was like a, a thing that started to occur, right? And And I believe that WWDC this year... For the iOS side, we'll focus on tools and functions and a rethinking around Apple's responsibility for the way that people use their devices.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I saw this in the list, and I think it's an interesting idea. Um, obviously, Google just did this at google i o that that's one thing that makes me think, you know makes me ask, like, will they lean that hard into it since google did that? will they will they go along? um so so I want to clarify your pick here. Mm-hmm. The way I read this is you're saying that there will be some kind of discussion whether it's a bullet point or just in in them talking about how one of the things we wanted to do was look at how we use our devices look Mm -hmm. at how they you know fit fit into our lives and can we make that better can we can we uh uh you know some something about improving your life through changing the ways that you use technology that seems to me to be what you're picking yeah either you or your family That, that they're selling that concept and it might be like a bullet point like here are the three things we wanted to do and one of them is you know, digital well being or something like that. Or it might just be discussing it on stage. But what you're saying is they're going to put up like a, an umbrella of here are some things we're doing yes. to help your personal yeah. integration okay that there that'll is be a, judge- kind of, a judgment call Yeah, that's what i think too.
0: i think this one is going to be me and you are going to need to discuss it to see if we feel that it counts but i think at this point you know we believe that the way that we're looking at it is is apple will have some kind of discussion or concept you know like my imagination is like they put up this slide of people using their devices right and they talk about the way we use our stuff and oh and we have these new features that Reinforce this, or etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, right, um, and I'm trying to think of something in the past that they've done this way, and, and I'm I'm drawing a blank right now. Um, but but I I think that it, there's going to be some kind of kind of focus on it uh, when it comes to it comes to iOS. You know, like it may be you know the way that they've with the Apple Watch really kind of leaned into health. And then they have a bunch of features that are just about all the exercise and workouts and all that kind of stuff, you know, and then they talk about things that they're doing for people with disabilities and, you know, like it all leads into this, like making you healthier thing. And then because then they also have, right, like they come out and talk about those studies and the apps that you can download for heart studies, you know, that, that kind of idea, right? You following kind of, kind of what I'm putting down?
1: Yeah. Okay. So that's, uh, that's my, my first pick. So Jason, what is your second pick? I'm I'm going to pick something that I think is a safe pick, and it piggybacks on what you just picked, which is I think very specifically they're going to talk about new parental controls in iOS, mm-hmm. like be- better control for parents and maybe for people in general about for access to various things in the system of iOS. Now they've said before that they were going to do some of that. They've said that publicly because there were complaints and various stories and government officials and things like that. So I feel like this is something that's probably a safer kind of kind of pick, but it's an You know, the fact is there's a lot of stuff in iOS that Apple took a first crack at it and then let it sit for a bunch of years. And I feel like we're at the point in iOS now where for the next few years, a lot of what we're going to see is... Based on new hardware and new ways of thinking, and and ev- evolution of the market, that Apple takes a second crack at some of that stuff and says, um, "Well, all right, that you know we're going to do it differently now." Like that was then, this is now. We're going to change this. I think this is one of those areas. So I think new kind of parental controls and other usage controls that uh, that they're getting pressure from the EU and uh, especially about um, will be something they address. So uh, I want to talk about what you just mentioned there but
0: i'll just throw in my second pick because it's the exact same reasoning um which is an overhaul of notifications so i believe that they're going to do some work in changing and enhancing and focusing on no to push notifications to our devices and it's the same idea as like stuff like parental controls they implemented it years ago and never really touched it. And they've made some slight tweaks, but really they're just kind of oh, now the banner can either stay or it can go away, or now you can reply to things from the banner. But the idea of, like, the banner and all that kind of stuff, and notification center, none of it's ever really changed. They've just kind of they've just moved the deck chairs around a bunch, right? They've not actually gone and fixed any of the problems, right? Using the Titanic as a metaphor for notifications. Uh, And it's kind of, I think, these two things are the same, right? That they, they have implemented them a long time ago. They've made some slight changes, but they haven't really gone in and fixed them. And now iOS is at a stage where... Now they have to go in and start fixing some of the larger underpinnings of things, right? Going back and redoing things that have lasted for a long time that have just been iterated on over the years. And I think that notifications is a big one. There, there are so many things that Apple could do here. You only need to look at Google, right? Like Google have over the last maybe two or three iterations of Android, whether you like what they do or not, they have actually spent a lot of time trying to change Notifications where Apple has mostly been like, oh, we put this button so you can clear everything.
1: If you're on an iPhone, if you're on an iPad, you can. Exactly.
0: We've removed one of the ordering functions for you. Um, And that's where like Google is doing stuff where they're allowing me to group notifications and hide notifications and all that kind of stuff. So I would like to see something here because I I believe that, you know, from from my first pick and then the two second round picks we both made, I think this all all goes together. Parental controls and notifications all lead into this, the way we use our devices thing, um, which I think is going to be one of... The maybe two or three biggest features, biggest like overarching ideas, which is focused on for for iOS 12.
1: Yeah, I wrote a couple articles that I've mentioned notification overhaul because I think it's something that has to happen. And I hope that that happens this year. One of the things that that struck me that I think is a Google uh, is an Android feature that I would like on iOS is the ability to directly alter your preferences for a notification when you get it. Basically, I want a gesture or a little box, little gear box maybe that I can tap something somewhere when I get a Mm -hmm. notification that says... I don't want to see this again. You yeah, know, so unsubscribe.
0: You, you, you said yes <laughs> to some company like three years ago, and then they start sending you all these like spammy messages, right? Because their company's failing. And instead of you needing to be like, oh, now I've got to go into settings and I've got to go to notifications and scroll to that company, like you just get a little button on the notification and you're just like, stop, no more. Like yeah. we're done. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, and, that.
1: And, and if there's more granularity there, that's great. Like if I want to say don't make noise anymore or only show this mm-hmm. on the lock screen or 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 if depending on how they do this, lower the priority. Of this Right. Just lower the priority. What does that mean? I don't know. Show it to me less frequently. Only show it to me in certain places. There are lots of ways they could do this. And if an app has some granular notification settings, take me to that app. Like that's one of the things I realized in some of the news apps I've got is you, you get the news app and it says, we'll send you breaking news notifications. You're like, yes. And then it turns out they'll say things like, hey, there's a new crossword puzzle. And did you know that there's a recipe? Mm-hmm. And you, you're like, this is not breaking news. Why are you doing this? Uh, and there is a screen somewhere in that app that lets you say, oh, turn off all of those and just show me the breaking news. Again, that would be a nice thing if app developers could have you tap on that thing. And one of the options is, you know, to take me to the settings and choose what I'm going to see. Mm -hmm. All of these things would improve our lives, uh, when it comes to uh, phone notifications. So yeah, thumbs up. So should we go to pick three? I think so. What do you got? I am going to take uh, hopefully take a point off the board, although I think this is slightly risky, and say AirPower. AirPower, a previously announced product that does not yet has not yet shipped. I'm gonna say it will be mentioned and some it will either be released or a release date will be set. I think this is a gamble in the sense that this could slide all the way to the iPhone announcement. But I'm going, to say, I'm going to say it now only because it's announced product that's floating out there that has not shipped yet. And therefore, it might get shipped or at least yeah. be told that it'll be shipping at some point in the next month. Mm.
0: So I believe that when the store comes back next Monday, AirPower will be available for purchase. I am not convinced they will show it on stage
1: right that's 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 part of the gamble right is they may not even mention it and it may just be released or there'll be a press release that goes out that says oh an air power is available next week because it's possible my feeling is they would show it on stage
0: if they had something that they were also introducing that used it and i don't right. think this wwdc is going to bring that um there no, could I agree be with some that. products but i don't think that they're going to show off like Maybe I'm tipping my hand here, but I don't think they're going to show off an iPhone SE with inductive charging at this one. I don't think that's happening.
1: It's possible, but I I think that it's most likely that they would mention this in passing in an iOS slide or in a watch OS slide.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Saying, you know, th- that we've got, oh, and air power will charge your watch too, as well as your phone. And uh, that's coming out today or that's coming out later this week. So I think I think it's a risk. I I didn't want to pick you know a, a again game demo on stage, but so I think there's an element of risk here. But I think it's worth taking because I think it's just it's floating out there, right? It's a product that has been mentioned that hasn't shipped, and any time that happens, you've got to think maybe this is the opportunity they do to check the box and uh, and get it out the door. I'm gonna take another big theme off the board
0: that there will be a focus on bug fixes and performance improvements to iOS. That one of the things that Apple is going to focus on is stability. They will focus on talking about making iOS run better and be more stable. You know, that, that kind of thing that that is going to be one of the big features of iOS 12 is a focus on stability. And um, the wording on this one is tricky, right? Because, I mean, I don't know how you market this as a a feature, but I think we'll know it when we see it, right? Like that, this will be something that, that, however they refer it, will be like, oh, they're talking about making iOS run better. Would you agree with that? Like it's difficult to get the wording of this one, I think.
1: Yeah. So I I agree with you. I think we'll know it when we see it. I didn't even have this on my list Hmm. because the way I interpreted this is it's really a yes or no question. In a year when Apple is probably focusing on bug fixes and performance improvements, will they admit that on stage? Will they talk about like they did with what mountain lion and snow leopard um, that this is that's our focus or will they just show you what's new and not talk about it at all? not talk about it as a selling point, that we're we're slowing down and we're, we're doing a lot of bug fixes and we've changed our focus. And so we'll know it when we see it, right? They will either say as a selling point or as a mea culpa, but probably as a selling point, selling that, that that's what they're doing. Um, and if they just don't, Will know, and um, I don't think they will. But it, there's a chance that they will. So um, that's what you're picking, and I think that I think there's it's entirely possible. But I uh, I will tell you, I didn't want to pick it because I never bet on Apple. It seems mean, but I, I think it's true. I'm never going to bet on Apple swallowing its pride and admitting its flaws on stage. Yeah, I just I have a hard time seeing it. That this, that is the risk that
0: I know I'm taking with this one that's why like i don't think they're going to stand there and be like oh man ios 11 was buggy right woo like you know I, but <laughs> what i do imagine is them saying that we've really taken time to focus on how fast and stable ios 12 will be on your devices right and and i think when we see something like that you'll be like oh i know what you're doing and and then so we'll, we'll wait and see we'll wait and see but i agree with you it's this one i think is as risky as it is a a point right like because I think we can both agree, they're probably doing this. Will they talk about it? Who knows? So that's the first three rounds down. So let's take a break and talk about PDF Pen from our friends at Smile. PDF Pen 10 the new PDF Pen 10 is the ultimate tool for editing PDFs and going paperless. If you use PDFs at all on your devices, you need to see what PDF Pen 10 can do for you. Their brand new release has the ability to add watermarks to your PDF, you can have custom headers and footers, and they have a new precision editing tool so you can get down and dirty in those PDFs and change what you need to change. There's so much you can do with PDF Pen 10, you can magnify library items, you can take advantage of an improved color palette, and more easily go paperless, by making a whole collection of scanned PDFs searchable in once. So you can take this whole collection of PDFs and search all of them for that text that you're looking for. That is super, super useful. Like, So imagine, for example, pulling together a bunch of bank statements into one collection and then just searching for transactions through all of them rather than opening each of them individually and searching for them. That is powerful stuff. Smile also offers PDF Pen for iPad and iPhone for editing PDFs while you're on the go. I use PDF Pen on all of my devices almost every single day i'm always dealing with contracts and signing stuff and i would just be it would drive me mad if i had to try and use uh, by pdfs in any other way pdf pen is just a, such an important part of my uh, product productivity tools like every single day i use it if you've been thinking about getting your documents in order this is your cue to get started learn more about pdf pen right now at smilesoftware.com slash podcast and if they ask how did you hear about us? Why don't you say, hey, it was an upgrade. Our thanks to PDF, Pen, and Smile for their support of this show. That is smartsoftwarecom slash podcast to learn more. All right, Jason, pick
1: number four, round four. Okay, I'm going to go with something that's a little bit, I think, more likely to happen. None of these are, are 100%, but I feel like Apple has had enough buzz around an emoji that they're going to have new animoji in in the next version of iOS. There will be new animoji mm. characters. Mm. Now, there's an argument to be made that animoji is over and it's time to move on to whatever the next thing is. Nah. Um and I I I don't think that's true and there's another item on our board that is actually another the is the expansion of animoji into other areas, but that's a separate thing to pick. But I I'm going to say I'm going to place a bet that there will be new Animoji characters of some sort in the next version of iOS.
0: It's a great demo. Became a viral hit. Perfect for marketing. I agree with you 100%. You've taken a, a one that was r- like basically next on my list. Uh, I 100% agree with you that we're going to see a new Animoji. Like I think that's going to happen. Oh, Now I'm wondering what
1: I'm going to go with next. Oh, this a lot is of people in the chat one. room were saying easy pick jason that was an easy pick and my response is hey you got to score play to points, win folks you got to play to win
0: ah, so i'm really struggling because i have two that i think are, uh, are in this realm and i'm not sure what to go with ah, i'm gonna do it animoji integration in facetime
1: i'm gonna Here go, we with go it. as was foretold as was <laughs> as was pre- just previewed by me animoji facetime uh, so i keep my we have this whole
0: list of pics that we take from and, and i take my own and build my own list that i ju- that only i see so i can just kind of keep things uh, in, in order for myself as soon as you said that about emoji, i think i moved four things <laughs> around like there was <laughs> like a house of cards of me moving everything around but i think that what goes along with this is hey look at these new animoji we've got or what i reckon might happen is FaceTime now includes Animoji. And whilst I'm showing you this, how about these new three or four characters that we've got coming in iOS 12? Animoji integration in FaceTime would finally give something new to FaceTime after all of these years, right? Like, I know, that, right? That now you can do something in it. Um, you know there, there are other features you could add to FaceTime, but this one feels like something you could more easily do. Now, there are, of course, problems with this, like... If you're doing a 20-minute Animoji call, you could would probably destroy your battery, but we don't have to worry about things like that. Um, I think that this would be a fun feature to add. It would be um, a logical extension of Animoji in, in a way that makes sense. I think what I would like to see is an is an app, an Animoji app, so I could use them in all different Manner of places, but I think the more Apple thing to do would be to further extend an emoji into their own applications. So you get it in messages, now you get it in FaceTime, you know, maybe you'll get it in clips next, who knows, but this feels like a good thing that they can do that that maybe other people don't have right now and it lends into like their past of like uh things like iChat effects right like that they have a history yep. of doing this kind of stuff but now instead of changing the background you change what's on your face i agree i think it's a i think it's a uh, logical step this is the iMessage stickers of this of this uh this i agree
1: and it and it, and it uh, helps promote facetime mm-hmm. as well um so I, I think it's an entirely possible thing I, I don't know whether it will happen or not. That's your shot in the dark part of it. But I think it is completely logical that they do that.
0: Right, but this is also a... The, the thing with both of these, the new Animoji and the uh, Animoji in FaceTime, these are also really good iPhone demo things, right? hmm And, you know, you could hold this all the way to September, but it comes out in iOS 12, right? You but, could. Because this doesn't need testing, Right. Nobody needs to test this because it's an Apple-only thing. So, uh, I mean, I think we could both say these are going to be in iOS 12, but whether we see them next Monday <laughs> or in September, who knows? Yeah, that's possible. That's possible. <laughs> you see, both of these picks go in this exact order again in September's draft. <laughs> we just copy and paste, be. drop them right in. Jason,
1: pick five. I'm going to go with, um, again, I think that there's some risk here. Because they've done it the last two years, um, you know they they. But it's such an area of interest for Apple that I think they can't go past the developer conference without once again flogging ARKit oh. and and giving ARKit. Did I snipe you there? <laughs> um, they, with the, you made a pirate noise, so that probably means so. It's just it's super important. It's an area of extreme interest. That Tim Cook says so. AR kit is one of those areas where um, there is a lot of growth happening the AR AR and machine learning are the two areas I imagine that that's out there on the did we put a machine learning item in our list cuz that's probably another good guess I but think AR kit anything, yeah. yeah we might not we might not have done that they did a bunch of machine learning stuff last time mm-hmm. so but I think there will be updates to AR kit I think they will beyond a game demo right I think they will they will say here are some amazing new things that you can do with AR kit we're we're evolving this platform even more you know it's possible that they will start talking about AR or VR attached to the Mac with the iMac Pro, because remember the iMac Pro only shipped in December, um, so there might be a, even a Mac angle to it. But I'm just thinking there will be um, updates to ARKit to show that Apple is still on it and advancing what people can do with augmented reality stuff on their platforms. So that's my, I think that's a pretty safe pick. You never know with Apple, but I, I feel like that's an area they're going to hammer home. So even though that this is this has come out in round five, I
0: actually think AR Kit might be the most surefire fire of anything. <laughs> I had to have a little pride and not, not pick it right away. It is the more exciting game demo, right? If you're gonna have a game demo, at least be exciting. And also AR Kit. This is Tim Cook's baby right now. This is he talks about it, does it feel like everywhere. It. It's and it's a shiny object, yeah. They've probably got some really good stuff to show off. Because, you know, 1.3 to 1.5 was huge and they put that out already. So maybe we're just gonna see AR kit two and maybe they'll show off some more stuff in VR, right? Like we haven't really seen any VR support, right? So maybe they could like tie these two things together. You know basically, if Apple are working on AR glasses, they need people to be making AR apps and experiences now and getting good at them. So when the AR glasses launch, we don't have a watch OS problem again, where or an Apple TV problem again, where the apps suck and just just drain the market out of that platform. Right,
1: so they're building they're building a market for their future products by having it be better get better and better while it's still kind of a curiosity on the iPhone.
0: Yep. Because and and this is they are they are in a unique position where they can actually do this in the open where typically they can't. Right, you can't have watch apps running on the iPhone for 2 years. But it doesn't make any sense, right? But you can do this with ARKit because our phones I mean and honestly as well, you know, we've spoken about this. Our phones will probably be powering the device anyway in some way, you know. That that seems like a, a a thing that could be happening that the that AR kit may end up getting split and there's like the processing side and the visual side and the processing may be occurring on our phones while we have our glasses on our faces. And so having people know AR kit now could be really helpful for the future of this product and the future of this idea. So them pushing and like them showing developers now the opportunities available in ARKit, like this is the crowd, like this is the crowd they need to get to. You know, when you've got people like James Thompson putting ARKit into his calculator, you know, like that's because he liked it and he saw it and he thought it looked fun. But there is now a possibility that down the line, James may make a game like, you know, who knows what he may do, but he now understands how to use ARKit. And so, like, I think the idea of trying to show developers, here are some fun ways to put ARKit in your apps. You know, like you have Carrot Weather playing around with an ARKit mode. So then when we move down this line and there is a whole platform that developers already understand how to use it, so their ideas are more fully formed by the time the glasses come on the scene, which is something they don't typically get to do. You know, we always say this, right? Every time Apple introduces something, we're like, oh... Look how good this is now, but imagine what people could do with this in two or three years' time. I'm really excited to see what developers could do with this in a couple of years' time, right? This is the time when they actually get to do that. By the time the AR glasses come out, developers have had multiple years of playing with Kit first. And that is a unique thing, which could be the success of these AR glasses. I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, so I think that AR Kit being on stage is a that feels like a real strong pick to me. Well, thanks. <laughs> Thank you <laughs> for endorsing for you. <laughs> my choice. What do you choose? A significant overhaul of app development APIs for watchOS. Now, all right. I don't know what this looks like, but I feel like if Apple are going to spend any time talking about watchOS for a developer during this keynote, they have to show something changing in Watch OS. that means now you'll want to make apps for this again. Because all we're seeing right now is story after story of X developer pulls their watch app. You know, like Twitter, I think, did it. Slack have done it. There are loads of developers just pulling their watch apps from the store. So they even need to show, one, why those should come back, or two, why here you can finally make that thing you've wanted to make, but the watchOS APIs haven't been robust enough, right? You know, whether that means someone like Marco can can make the watchOS app he's always wanted or, you know, like, or whatever it's going to be, but I think we're going to see something to show some significant change, some, like, you can now do this stuff you've never been able to do before on watchOS to hopefully try and reinvigorate that platform a little bit because it really feels stagnant, but stagnant on an important product. The Apple TV app store is not important in the grand scheme of things. As long as we can all get our Netflix app and our Amazon Prime app and whatever, like, does anyone really care about there being loads of games and fun apps on the Apple TV? I don't think so. And I think that there is no... like, If you look at what Apple's future business is, all of their content stuff playing on the Apple TV sells the Apple TV, whatever. But the Apple Watch, which should continue to be an important product, it needs to have apps on it to continue to make it useful and they i think they need to do something there to give that kind of a a a shot in the arm that it needs
1: yeah it's it's one of those things i was i was having this and if people know of one um please write in but one of the things i was doing when i was running um Last year, as I was doing a, a training app, like a couch to 5k app, which I do because then I stop running and I do other stuff. And then I'm like, oh, I should start running again. And I want to do this. It's it's very good because every run sort of increases in difficulty and they're all kind of intervals of you walk and then you run. It tells you now walk, now run. So you put on your phone. Well, one of the things that I, I have done in the last sort of year is looked for apps that do that same thing, training apps that run just on the watch. And I can't find one. All the watch apps I can find, I mean, also I'll say finding a watch app that is clearly a watch app and not just tethered to a phone is also very hard. That's a part of the problem with the watch OS apps now is even though watch apps are, watch apps are more capable of being separated. The original conception of them was they were completely tied to the, to the phone. And so Significantly overhauling the apps and trying to push them further away from the iPhone. I feel like, you know, some of that Apple's tried to do before and the developers seem to be resistant, but part of it is that maybe the developers are frustrated with the platform. So I hope hmm. it gets better because as an Apple Watch user and as somebody who likes my Apple Watch, let me tell you, there was nothing more frustrating than finding an app that I thought. K- keeping in mind, too, that they have to have an iOS equivalent to even get on your watch. Yep. But to have that and then be like, all right, I'm going to go for a run. I'm going to do this and have it say, um, please start this workout on your iPhone. It's like, no, I don't want to bring my iPhone. I have a cellular Apple Watch. I want to run and listen to music. Ideally, I'd like to listen to podcasts, stream to my AirPods and have it uh, also tell me when to run and when to walk. And you know what? You can't do it. You can't, as far as I know, it can't be done right now. It needs to change. And that means that the apps need to be richer.
0: You know, I feel like the the LTE Apple Watch was was debuted and we all said, oh, imagine what it would be like when you can just leave your home with just your watch. That has not happened. Like, I do not feel at all like the LTE Apple Watch is taking advantage of what it could do right? Like I feel like that product has some stuff to it that is interesting, but it is not at all taking advantage of the fact that in theory, this device should be able to do anything because it has the basics that my phone has. It is always connected to the internet. It can always be connected to the internet now. So it should be able to do basic stuff like that. And it doesn't. So for them to realize this product, there needs to be some significant change, I think. And I hope that we see that and I think that if
1: they're going to do anything then that's what they'll do. So since we're in the watch section of the draft apparently, mm-hmm. I'm going to pick a watch item which is now that the Series 3 watches are already out there. Um and I again this could wait until they announce new watches but I think that the Series 3 watches make this possible now mm-hmm. which is why I think we're going to see a watch OS a feature announcement, which is sleep tracking, Uh-oh. it adds to the medical focus of of WatchOS, uh, you know, health focus that they have. And I think the battery is the battery life for uh, on the new watches is long enough that they can actually say we will do sleep tracking. Also, as we know, and as David Smith has proved, if you wear your watch while you're sleeping and then charge it while you take a shower, you can do this, and it's not a problem. Mm. So. Um, while you're getting ready in the morning, so I I feel like maybe this is the year that Apple embraces sleep as another dimension of the health features of WatchOS. That's not what I thought you were going to say. I thought you were building up uh-huh. to something else that I think I'm now going to pick. Um, All right, it's I a run on watch items. Here I we go. I wasn't expecting WatchOS. this to occur, but um, it's going to be like a two minute long WatchOS thing where they're like, <laughs> "Yeah, we, WatchOS is great." But anyway, to Like on. a
0: third of the picks we're putting on this thing now um uh okay so again like same idea right we have these more powerful watches with better battery life and again you could make this part of the next watch but i think that the next watch is going to be on the design of the watch that's what they're going to show off so i think but i think they will want to make sure they have people ready to take advantage of this new feature which will be an always on oled screen as part of watch os is this five watch os five isn't it i think
1: this is um I I wrestled with this one for the reasons you just outlined, which is one of the problems with tracking Apple is that there are things they can do in software that they reserve for hardware, Mm -hmm. right? And sometimes they reserve it for the new hardware only. Other times they roll it out and say, oh yeah, and also the previous generation will get this. And this is the challenge with the always-on OLED screen. The idea that there will be a simplified, probably, screen on the Apple Watch that is that that stays on because with the oled screen and a lot and more battery you don't use a lot of power and then you can have something it may not be the watch face that you prefer uh, it may flip to that when you move your uh when you move yeah. your uh your wrist it, it may also be that they uh, this would be in a very apple thing to do that you have to choose a watch face that has support for always on, and it's a more boring watch face, but that's the one that they're going to use. It doesn't have a second hand that sweeps or something like that. That's possible too, but I I would love to see them do this. I'm shocked that it's 2018 and we're talking about the Apple Watch, which was announced in 2014, and they still aren't using that OLED screen (laughs) to show you the time all the time, but it does feel like it's inevitable, and the only question is, will they do it... Now, will they do it with a new round of hardware that's got even better battery life?
0: Yeah, the only reason I would say they would do this now is that there might be some work that developers need to do for their complications and stuff, right? The way that they pull data, the way that they display data, because, you know, I'm imagining you maybe have this colorful watch face or whatever, and then it goes into just black and white. And the second hand disappears and stuff like that. And then when you look at it again, like the second hand reappears and the color comes back. That's kind of like how I imagine this thing looking. Um, So there there probably would need to be some work there to get your complications like always on ready. But, But we'll see. All right. What are you picking for pick number seven?
1: Well, I feel like we. I'm just going to segue into this pick. I wasn't sure if I wanted to pick it for all the stated reasons. It may be a new iPhone feature, but since you picked always on OLED screen huh. for the watch, I'm going to yes. pick it for the iPhone. Mm-hmm. I think that there is an iOS feature to be had, and the question is: Yes, will it be now or will it be in the fall? Where they say, you know what, if you're using the iPhone 10, uh, you can choose to have the uh, you can choose to have the screen on showing you uh, the time and the date, and maybe. Like, uh, maybe things that are kind of like complications. That's possible. And and maybe either notifications or a notification summary related to notification overhauls. See another location. But it's the same story, right? The iPhone X has a lot of battery life, and it's got an OLED screen. You know, raise to wake is great. Tap to wake is great. You know what's even greater? Looking down at my phone on the table and seeing the time and date without having to touch it. That's Mm -hmm. better. Let's do that. They can do that now. Why why haven't they done it yet? So, it's time. And they already have an OLED device so they can talk about it now because the iPhone 10 exists and say here's a great iPhone 10 feature. Yes, they could also wait until the fall, but it seems like, especially if they roll in other notification kind of items, like something that's more like a a complication um, or or some other kind of notification reform that they might be doing, this would seem to be a good time to roll that all together. It feels like it
0: would, I agree with you, would completely go together, which is why I'm also going to make my seventh pick something that I think is tied into all of this, again, with a lot of the stuff that I've been picking, uh, an overhaul of Do Not Disturb. Yeah. So additional functions and features for do not disturb preferences, whether this be way that you t- ways that you turn it on and off, different applications you can allow through, more uh-huh. automation of it, whatever it ends up being. But a focus on do not disturb as a thing, um, and I, I do think in some somehow the OLED, uh, you know, always on OLED could help lead into this, right? Because it's just like things won't light up anymore on your phone, right? They just change. So they just it, collect it and change. It's less likely to 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 bring to like draw your peripheral vision because it might just be a little icon when you're in Do Not Disturb. Maybe the number just ticks up as opposed to showing you the entire text of the notification or whatever. Um, so I think that these things could be tied together somehow. But I think if they're going to do something for notifications, Do Not Disturb should go along with it.
1: I'm going to write a column about this, but I'll give you the short version now, which is it was. Uh... It was the prom over the weekend, uh, which is, you know, big formal in the U.S. Mm It means something totally different in the U.K., but big formal dance for juniors and seniors in high school. And my daughter's a junior in high school. And she went to the prom with a bunch of friends. It was great. And afterward, they went back to a friend's house where they had that was like their designated post-prom location. The parents were there. Um, They, you know, they spent the night there, but they didn't couldn't leave the, you know, it's basically a safe prom night kind of thing. So, and you know, they're teenagers, they're hanging out and having a great time. And it's prom night. It's very special. Um, and, and Jamie says she got like an hour of sleep and she wanted to go home and sleep at 630 in the morning. Well, guess what? We have do not disturb on our phones, but we have her set in our favorites group. So her, her, uh, all her texts and phone calls to us should have broken through, except guess what? Our phones were on silent because they're always on silent. Cause I generally don't want my phone making noise. And my volume was down all the way. And so I actually had, I had mute off on my iPad, which I usually don't. And so she finally called me and my iPad rang. <laughs> um, and that's how I knew that she wanted to be picked up. And we went and picked her up. But she first was texting Lauren and calling her. And no sound was made anywhere. And this was one of those moments where I thought, okay, this is a problem. That Apple has the situation where some people want noises some of the time. Some people want noises none of the time. Sometimes you want to let noises through. But like if I'm at the theater... I don't, and my daughter texts me, I don't want it to make noise. But when I'm at home and it's two in the morning and my daughter is somewhere and is like, I need you to pick me up right now, I have to get that message, right? How do you handle all of those situations? Right now, the best that I've come up with is at the end of the day, I need to turn on Do Not Disturb and turn on the sound on my iPhone in order to receive emergency messages. Like, that's too much. That's too much work. Well, you see how, right? This is the problem you created with the way that your notifications are so bad, right? And you're, Well, you're- that that's true, right? I have just turned every sound off on my phone right. because I just, I never, because most in most cases, also I should say, a lot of sensors here, phones should be able to tell if it's in your pocket and it can vibrate in- when it's in your pocket. And when it's been laying somewhere flat and not moved at all for a period of time, it's not in your pocket, right? It's been abandoned and maybe it needs to get your attention in a different way at that point. Like there are things, I'm not saying it's an easy problem, but I'm saying it's a problem. And so I would roll all that in. I'm going to heap all of that on to do not disturb overhaul that our phones and other devices need to get better about letting us say in these situations, I need to know and in these situations, I don't.
0: All right, so that was pick number seven. Uh, We have three more picks to go and then we're going to do uh, we're going to talk about the things that, that didn't quite make the cut but we think are likely but won't be scored uh, but before we do let me take our next break and thanks Skillshare for their support of this week's episode Skillshare is an online learning community with over 20,000 classes in technology design business and more A Skillshare premium membership gives you unlimited access to high quality classes leaving you free to master must-know topics It is a great way to improve your skills, unlock new opportunities, and help you more easily do the work that you'd love. You can take courses on going freelance, for example. This is a great course for anyone keen to commit to that free agent lifestyle that Jason knows so well, with tips and advice for taking that leap into freelance work. Or what about creative nonfiction? You can learn how to master the craft of writing compelling nonfiction and then putting it to good use anywhere you put pen to paper or fingers to keyboard. Join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for upgrade listeners. You can get two months of Skillshare for just... Just ninety nine cents. Just ninety nine cents. All you need to do is go to Skillshare.com/upgrade. That is Skillshare.com/upgrade to get two months of unlimited access to over twenty thousand classes for just ninety nine cents. Head there now and start learning today. We thank Skillshare for their support of this show and
1: Relay FM. Round eight. Now, are you ready, Jason? Oh yes. What have you got? I am ready, and it's time to make a Mac pick. I gotta make a Mac pick. (laughs) Finally! Is this the first? Well, there was hardware, right? (laughs) Should I say Mac Mac OS mentioned on stage? (laughs) (laughs) Nobody knows. I think that that was an actual thing we were debating a lot last time. Last time was whether they would mention the Mac at all on stage. At all, I'm going to say HomeKit on Mac OS. I don't know what form this will take, but if you didn't know, HomeKit, very important to Apple. Not supported on the Mac at all. Not even a little, not even a tiny bit. So I'm going to say, and I think I'm actually, this is a super risky pick because I think they may just not care or it may just be part of something larger because there are some thoughts that one of the things if they do this much debated uh, strategy of uh, making it easier for iOS developers to develop Mac apps, which is another thing we could pick in this draft. Although the feeling is that that's probably far away. One of the things that they would do in terms of eating their own dog food would be to take the home app and convert it to run on the Mac. But regardless, I don't care whether it's home app on macOS, whether there's a new notification center with today widget on macOS that shows you your HomeKit status, whether it's Siri on the Mac that is doing HomeKit, I don't care. What I want to do is to be able to sit at my desk and change the lighting in my room via HomeKit without realizing, Oh, all of my iOS devices are elsewhere in the house. So I have to leave the room, bring back an iOS device, and then do it. That's stupid. The Mac should do HomeKit. So I'm going to say, mostly out of my being irate that it doesn't already, I'm going to say that Apple's finally going to get with the program and allow the Mac to control HomeKit devices. Yeah,
0: I mean, I see why this could never happen, right? Um, Because it's like, well, you probably have an iOS device, probably. Or, and, or you should be speaking to your iOS
1: devices, you know? But this goes to a lot of the misconceptions of how people use their, their computers. And I, I hope that Apple is changing its tune here. Because, yes, it's true. We all have iOS devices, right? More or less. Many, many, most Apple users
0: sometimes
1: think to myself, oh, let me
0: just turn on the light and go to a notification center on the Mac. Right. So even even I as an iOS first person do this. I'm just wondering if like what the strategy is going to be
1: when when I'm using my computer, I'm using my computer. I'm not using my iOS devices. And in my case, I I will grant you a lot of people. They're doing that and their phone is in their pocket. Mm -hmm. I get that. But my phone is not in my pocket. A lot of the time it is. It is charging and it's charging in another room. Because I've got all of this great Apple technology that lets me know if I get a text message or if my phone rings, um, it happens on my Mac. But if I need to turn on a light or adjust to the thermostat, I can't. It's that just it just seems dumb. It is a huge hole in in the Mac where I think it would be something that they should address. So I'm gonna I'm gonna wishcast a little bit and also feel like if there's ever low-hanging fruit for a mac os update supporting HomeKit is it so there it is all right so my next pick we
0: might need to do some discussion over as to how how exactly we're going to score this or what we're going to let through um, i want to pick movement of control center now yeah the, the thing is about this i believe control center is going to move I just don't know which device they're gonna relocate it somewhere else on. So huh. they're either gonna change the iPhone to be like the iPad or they're gonna change the iPad to be like the iPhone. And I and I don't know which one they're gonna do. Or both. <laughs> Or both, right? They they moved them both to somewhere completely different. (laughs) Turns out they're now bringing out a control center device, which is this whole extra thing. No, do you know what I mean? Right? You do. It's like AirPods. You tap the uh you tap the
1: back of your device, and it pops up.
0: (laughs) You throw it across the sky, and it goes into airplane mode. Um, I I I'm not sure what they're going to do here, and I want to see if you are okay with that. That like if it changes on one iOS device to a different thing. No, I like that.
1: I think we had in our list, like I I put in control center moves on the iPhone Mm 10, but I think this is a perfectly good pick. And I like how it's broader because you're calling out something that we've talked about before that I think is important, which is Apple made some changes to the UI for the iPhone 10 and for iPads last year. And they did it differently on those devices. So they started to diverge. And it's a little bit weird. Doesn't mean divergence isn't okay, but it's a little bit weird. And then on top of that, I personally am still frustrated all of these months later about where control center is on my iphone 10 because Mm -hmm. i use i hold my iphone in my left hand and a lot of what my iphone interaction is is swiping with my thumb and guess guess what i can't do with my thumb mike i can't bring bring up control center because my thumb is not six inches long and does not reach to the far corner of the screen and i used to flip up control center all the time so i would love to see it move on the iphone 10 but i think it, i like your broader point which is some somebody's gonna see control center moved somewhere <laughs> pick number nine pick number nine. Oh boy the penultimate pick yeah oh yes yeah let's do some more pressure mike that that is very we have, helpful we have
0: a lot of things there's probably like 40 more things to pick from, from our shared list? Because that is what we do. I think we mentioned it, but to make it clear again, we don't... I think it's fairer this way for the draft that we, we agree upon a list that we choose from and then pick them, rather than me and Jason just surprising each other with our big ideas. I think it works better for the draft, right? That we have a list and we pick from that list. So there's a lot yeah. left on the list.
1: There is a lot left on the list. I am going to go with... A, th- a pick that I think is probably not going to happen, but it would be amazing if we saw it, and I'm going to broaden it enough to make it possible that we'll see it. And that is development environment on iPad Ooh. at the developer Ooh. conference. Now, wow. we had this in the list as Xcode for iPad. Yeah. That is That's probably a, a stretch. Yeah. That, you know, but I, what what yeah. I would what, what I'm sort of saying is, Something more than what we have now in Swift Playgrounds. I would love a demo that they, where they say that basically you could write an app in Swift on an iPad and submit it to the App Store. But it might not be Xcode, right? It might, be, Or it might be called Xcode and not be Xcode as we know it. Yeah, or, or like I imagine
0: that you could say like, oh, hey, that project you've been working on, you can take it on the road on your iPad and do this and do this and do this and, do this and then throw it on your Mac to submit.
1: Right, right, right. That would be a possibility, right? Where it's a buddy to your Max uh, in Xcode, but it's not all of Xcode, but it, it's enough to get you. It's it's advancing the ball toward the ideal that the iPad could be used as a development environment.
0: I want to throw something else out there, right? As a as a potential thing here is just somehow like tethering your devices to to make them run differently, like to maybe have it run on the device. Do you think that's the thing that would count here? Are we talking about purely like a a tool for iOS that will allow you to advance the work that you're currently doing on your application. Is that kind of what we're going for
1: here? I think it, I think it's that. I think it's definitely that. That creation I, of some discussion. either either you're, yeah either you're building your app. Um, on your iPad, or you're able to sort of take some of the work you're doing. But I think Swift is the is probably the key here. That's, so that's when I imagine yeah. a development environment on iPad. That's what I'm imagining yeah. is it's uh it's a Swift app development environment, uh, and the dream is that you could do enough theoretically, and then everybody will complain and be like, oh, but I can't do that because of this, because of this, and that probably will be true. But that that at some level they will be able to demo app development that involves you doing it on an iPad Pro. I like that.
0: I would like to see that just, just because it's a statement. you know. That's why I would like to see it. Obviously, I wouldn't use it, but I would love to see it. I think it would say a lot about iPad and iOS, um, uh, which makes me think that I'm going to shuffle things around a little bit and huh. I'm going to throw out... The only thing that I feel any kind of confidence about hardware-wise purely on gut feeling is new iPad Pros announced at WWDC wow yeah I know I've just I've got this one into my head there is no uh, there is no indication that this is going to happen I just think it's going to happen
1: I want to live in your world. I want new iPad Pros. I totally want new iPad Pros. I want to live in that world. I don't think it's going to happen until fall, but I, I want yeah. it to happen, Mike. Honestly, this you, is man. this is one of the things I'm picking just purely based upon. I want to put that energy out into the universe, you know? If you uh, win the draft because iPad Pros are, me- are, are surprise announcements at WWDC, I'm just going to tip my cap. That's like, great. I'm glad you won the draft. <laughs> it's like, I'll take that L.
0: <laughs> this is good for all of us. Like, the reason is they did it last year um, they could do it again they're not going to have any significant software advancements in my opinion in iOS 12 for the iPad so a way to show continued um, some kind of continued love to the iPad line is to show off new hardware that might not even ship for like a month or whatever right but um, I, I think I hope really that we're going to get new iPad Pros I may have burned the pick here but this is just a gut feeling that I have, and 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 I hope that it I hope that it comes true. So I'm going to go with that for pick number
1: nine. Now remember, we did in a previous draft as the idea like I I picked the Mac being mentioned on stage, mm-hmm. and I don't did it. I think maybe it didn't. I don't know. Um, I'm going to do something similar here, which is. Uh, and I think this is a risky pick, I think, because at the last quarterly phone call with analysts, Apple had very little to say about this product, but I'm just going to pick the HomePod will be mentioned on stage. Maybe there'll be an update. Maybe they'll talk about stereo pairing. Maybe they'll talk about new Siri features that will work on the HomePod as well as other places, but I'm just going to put it there on the ground. I'm going to lay it there, which is very simple. Simple. Is the HomePod's um, existence acknowledged in some way? Okay, I think you're going rogue. I don't think that was in our list, but I'm happy to allow this because I, I I don't think so. I don't HomePod- think I it think was I'll, Maybe our list. maybe I added it and didn't. That was not one of the ones I told you. You can you can veto it if you want. Mm-mm. No, or I don't want me to. Because again, I <laughs> think this was
0: the same as the Mac. I think you did this for the Mac too. Uh, yeah, I like it. I like this as a pick because it is a tantalizing thing, right? An omission completely of the HomePod this year
1: would say a lot. They announced it last year at this event. How could they not mention it? If they don't mention it, especially in a Siri context, plus it's got features that they promise that they haven't delivered yet. Like, when would they do it other than now? Uh And if they don't, wow, that will be something, right? So I think they will, but yeah. I will
0: note as well that we are in our final round, and neither of us has mentioned the word Siri yet.
1: No, that's one of the reasons I wanted to get a Siri pick in there, and I thought yeah. about picking a slightly different Siri thing, and I decided it would be a little safer. Remember last year when we were convinced that Siri was going to be the through line of the entire event, and it totally yep. wasn't? Yep. Uh, maybe, maybe it'll flip the other way. Maybe this year we'll totally discount their Siri stuff, and then it will all be about Siri now that they've got Siri on all these different devices. We'll see. What's your last pick,
0: Mike? That's the last one. Similar idea, right? You know, your home pod thing is a canary in the coal mine, right? That mention. Uh, so I'm gonna pick for my final pick a mention of user automation improvements or workflow Ooh. on stage. Apple bought workflow over a year ago. I wanna see what the point was.
1: Right. Wouldn't that be nice? why did I you I have some do theories? This? I have many I have some theories. theories. Um, you mentioned notification overhaul. Mm-hmm. Like one of my thoughts was wouldn't it be great if you could tie workflow to notifications? So when a when a notification is is sent, like instead of the apps having to do a URL callback or something. It's like when a notification is sent from this app that contains these things, do something. Mm-hmm. Or or when an event is sent. Like that would be one way to do it. Siri is another way where you could train Siri to do things on voice. Um, that we're actually just kicking off workflows. There are there are so many different ways they could do it. They could also say we are a believer in um, in a variant of Swift as a scripting language, and now you can use that to automate apps. Uh, our apps and and other apps can follow. Or we're going to embrace the things the Omni Group are doing with JavaScript, and and we'll go that that route. There's lots of different paths this could take. But yes, would not would it not be nice if after they bought Workflow, they said anything about it? Or user automation as a concept. Wouldn't that be great? It would be great. And this
0: might be one of those things where we have to um adjudicate together as to, to what counts towards this. You know, right. like one thing that I thought was, what about workflow on the Mac?
1: Sure. Right. I think we'll know it. And 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 I'll give you that one. Yeah, I think I think uh I think we'll know it when we see it. Yeah. I think it's one of those. I think we'll know um boy that would be for me that's the dream feature i think i wrote about that on macworld last week the uh, in my geeky uh, ios dreams was um a new unified user automation story from apple where they say on ios and mac like here's how we're going to do it moving forward yeah and uh i've yet to see much evidence that apple cares about user automation at all <laughs> but uh maybe right, but we live <laughs> one, in hope one,
0: one big thing was they bought a company that does it Right, I mean, like th- th- This is what I'm saying. It's like they've not done anything. You, it, it looked like they didn't care about it. Right, automates. Nothing's happened to it in years. They did nothing with this on iOS. They always made it hard for the workflow team to get features through. It seemed right, including the app even originally debuting in the first place. It seemed like it was always a fight of app review, understandably because it was such a strange and an application that did things that typically seemed like they wouldn't have been allowed. Then they uh, they fired Sal Sagan but then they bought workflow right so it's like it seemed like that they they had they were doing everything they could to make this difficult or make it an edge case or whatever but then they bought the team and they didn't kill the app the app became an apple app which they've still updated since right so like that shows something i want to see what the point of this was i want to see why did you acquire that group of incredibly talented young developers why did you do this i want to see that so We'll wait and see. So that's the that's it. That's our ten picks. You can find in our show notes the scorecard, so you can score along with us. That is the ten picks that me and Jason have chosen each. But, but we're have. not done. We're not done. I have a, oh, a, no. a small list. I have, I have a handful of things that I wanted to mention too, as well as I'm sure you do of things that we think are likely, but just missed out um, on on our on our official draft list so let's take our final break and thank pingdom for their support of this week's show pingdom are awesome because they help keep your sites and the sites that you love online they will monitor your sites so you don't have to and give you real-time feedback so you know exactly what's going on at all times all you need to do is give pingdom the url that you want to monitor and they take care of the rest They detect outages for so many websites around the world. So many, in fact, that Pingdom detect around 400,000 outages on the web every single day because they are looking at so many different websites, so many different dependencies, right? And making sure that people's websites are staying up. They have 70 global test servers that emulate visits to your site, checking its availability as often as every minute. And if something breaks, if something goes wrong, you don't want to have to find out about it from a tweet or an email from someone trying to visit your site. You want Pingdom to tell you. All you need to do is give them that URL. You tell them the things that you want monitored. It's not just your entire website. You can have them monitor independent parts of your website. And if something goes wrong, they will let you know so you can fix it before anybody else will find out about it. Just go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now and you can get a 14-day free trial. With no credit card required, so you can go and try it out, check it out for yourself. Then when you sign up, use the code upgrade at checkout and you'll get a huge thirty percent off your first invoice. Once again, that is Pingdom.com slash relayfm and the code upgrade at checkout. Our thanks to Pingdom for their continued support of this show and relay Alright. Give me give me a couple, give me two things uh, from your list of, of items that you think could happen uh, but didn't didn't make it into your official Top ten. I want two items from you, Jason. We can do more, but just right. to start off, I want to.
1: Yeah, I've got uh, um about ten that made my list <laughs> that too. I did of, of possible picks, <laughs> uh-huh. but I didn't pick. Um, so two first two. Um, dark mode on iOS. Yep. I, again, it goes back to that whole OLED screen discussion. Like a real valid dark mode. I would say dark mode on the Mac too could be thrown in there Mm -hmm. um, where they, they have come close, but they just can't go over the, over the edge. Like an official dark mode that the system knows all the apps can change their appearance based on it. Um, And then um, one of those old saws that I, I'm kind of just tired of bringing it out and having it be rejected, which is um, improve family sharing features on photos. Presumably there'll be new app, new uh, features in photos. There always are. I write a book about photos to update it every Mm -hmm. summer i imagine i'll have to do that again but the one that keeps coming back and that google has tried to address and apple hasn't is the fact that if you've got two adults with apple ids and their and their partners and they want to share their photo libraries and pour into a shared photo library you can't do it you can't do it there's family sharing it's a lower resolution version of the photo and even if you copy it over you have to do it manually it's not uh it's not good enough so i i i I'm kind of beaten down about that one because it should have been there years ago when they at, when they announced families in, um, in Apple IDs and they haven't done it yet, but maybe this year.
0: Yeah, I was thinking about the dark one too and that kind of led me also down the path of some iOS design refresh in that it feels like right now there are multiple different, even in Apple's own apps, like styles and ways of showing certain elements. And I think maybe... It's time to just unify some of that stuff a little bit, maybe. Yeah. Just just bring a little bit more consistency.
1: That would be high on my list if not for that Mark Gurman report that that was one of the things they kicked to next year. Yep. But yep. I would I would love to see that.
0: Um and then also some form of easier Mac app development for iOS developers. Not even necessarily right. it was on my Pan. list too. Right? This idea of like straight up you put your iOS iOS app on the Mac or whatever, but just some kind of beginning of this you know whether it is that what is it called ux kit like what what photos is made out of you know just something that seems to like crack open that door a little bit you know something to to kind of bleed a little bit of life maybe into the mac app store through this or something which is like hey ios developers we're trying to make it easier for you
1: yeah that would be great whether and it doesn't have to be marzipan in fact it could be a step toward that, but yep. not the whole step. Yep. Just, just ways of, of saying you're all, you all iOS developers use Macs, but it's hard to write Mac apps mm-hmm. as an iOS developer. So let's make it easier and mm-hmm. start down that path. It doesn't always have to go all at once. Um, two others that I wanted to mention um, that both of what, so refinements made to multitasking on iOS, which again, I'm going to kind of assume based on the reports from Mark Gurman has been kicked, major iPad improvements have been kicked to 2019. However, you could make refinements today. And I'm thinking specifically of things like better support for keyboard and changing focus between apps in split view and maybe even using the keyboard Mm. to control split view and Mm. and slide over and Mm. things like that. Some things that are not a complete overhaul but our refinements, I would like it. Now, this did not happen last time, right? They announced the multitasking features and they did not change them one bit for two years. It may be that that's what we're looking at again, but I'm going to still have a little bit of hope that they could do some little refinements to make the stuff that they introduced last time better and that we might see those. In the next iOS version, um, and then my other one is something that I'm—I I constantly hope for. It has not happened yet. I feel like it would be super easy for them to do, because they already have a text insertion cursor on iOS, which is to just let you pair um, pointing devices with iOS devices, and all they all they may do is move that cursor. That's fine that's fine. If somebody edits text on iOS, I'd love to have a trackpad for text editing only at this point, it would be enough for me. And I don't anticipate that happening, but if it does happen, you know what it's going to be? It's going to be one of those 50 features that's on that slide that says there are 50 plus more features that we didn't even talk about here. It'll be one of those if it's anything, but they could do it. They don't need to completely rethink iOS in order to just let you pair a Bluetooth mouse or trackpad and move that little iBeam cursor around. I'd love that. I have two more Apple Watch ones. Um, oh, boy.
0: I know. Third-party watch faces. Yeah, I feel like that's never going to happen now, but it, it would be nice. But it, it, to me, I try and apply the third-party keyboard to this idea, right? Right. It seemed like that was never, ever going to happen. And then one year, it just happened. And I think that that could be the same. You know, we just have to wait it out. And another which has surprised me that it hasn't been included yet, which is um, yoga as a fitness tracking type. Ah. Uh, I just feel like, you a know, all these developers in California, I figured they might have put yoga in, like how they have swimming and, and all those kinds of things. I've, that's always surprised me. Um, so, yeah, I I think that that's one that... that uh,
1: that i would like to see.
0: i have one Makes more sense. after this you can pick out okay. any more you want
1: all right um i'll i'll give you two you give one and then i'll i'll empty the rest of my list um uh some alteration to the business um split in the in the app store the 70 30 and it's already altered right because if you have a subscription that goes longer than a year it turns to 75 uh, 25 i think or is it 80 20 i don't know it's better better uh after the first year um. So the idea that they're kind of charging you for content it's for customer 15, acquisition, I think eighty five fifteen. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, even better. So there's a good one. I don't have a subscription in the App Store, but um, yeah. So the idea there is you acquire them and you pay Apple, and then you you pay them at a, a lower rate. Maybe some change there. I don't know what that would be. I don't think it's going to be a global sort of like uh, it's all eighty twenty now. Although it's possible they could do that. Somebody was asking about services revenue. By the way, my understanding is that all the app store revenue is Apple services revenue. And then part of their expense in that line is the payouts to developers. So I think if you change the split, oh. it doesn't change the, I don't think it changes the revenue Oh, because I think the revenue huh. is all of it. Now, if I could be wrong, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's the case, that it's all revenue, right? That's and then the, the 70 is expense that they pay that back out to developers. I think that's how that works. Right, because they, they don't report services profit. Right, it's services revenue. I mean, they, they are profitable, but the, that, and that's their that's their margin, right? That's a business right. with, quite honestly, a pretty good margin, a 30% margin, the App Store business is. So they're essentially bringing in all the money, they're paying out 70% to their suppliers, and they keep 30%. That's a pretty good deal. Because
0: I, I thought that that wasn't going to happen because of that, but yeah, you've just kind of opened my mind up to that a little bit, which is that it's not necessarily profit. So you can still report the same numbers. Maybe
1: mm-hmm. the changes won't be global. Maybe they'll be in very specific areas... Um, where they're like, we're going to change what certain kinds of apps do. You make a watch app and an iPad app as part of your whole universal
0: thing, you now get an extra 10% of the revenue of your app. You know, yeah. like something like that as an incentivization but It could tactic. be, but just
1: a change. So yeah. anyway, I had that in there because I think that, again, we don't have to specify what the change is, but a change, some change somewhere. And I'm going to I'm gonna say again, I had on my list, and I, I, my heart's been broken too many times, I couldn't pick it, hmm. the, uh, the expansion of that free iCloud storage space uh, figure, because it should be bigger than it is. I'm not saying they they, they, they still offer a 99 cent subscription, 99 cents a month. And that is the most, in in my mind, that is the most embarrassing product in Apple's product line is the 99 cents per month. iCloud storage space. Just make that free, make that the free tier, make that the free tier. People are going to love iCloud. They're going to want to use more iCloud space. A whole bunch of people giving you 99 cents a month so that you, so that you don't completely degrade their experience is not worth it on any level. Make iCloud better expand the free tier you're you're not it's not something for nothing because you're already giving away something for free but i i do i think it's going to happen no i don't i think they're just going to keep dragging their feet i'm tired of getting my heart broken so i didn't pick it all right the last one i want to throw out there is um siri to get
0: new assistant focused features i don't really know what this oh. looks like but just siri gets <laughs> some features where they're like this makes it more like your personal assistant or your digital assistant, right? Where like they somehow give it some features that are meant to be
1: like, oh, hey, and now it's a better assistant
0: than ever before, you know?
1: Yeah, no, that's making it feel a little bit more personal. It could be things like uh, like Siri, type to Siri. It could be Siri in an, in an iMessage. Mm-hmm. There's lots of things it could be to make it feel more assistant-y. Um, well, we'll see. We don't have to score that one. So that's good. I had basically three more, um, enhancements to Siri Kit. Again, this is a case where I, I feel like I picked more it so many intense, times that right? I didn't want to bother picking it. Where it's yeah, it's more more for developers. Like let let me take my podcast player and tell it to play a podcast, which mm-hmm. you can't do now. Um, let me uh, tell a different music playing app that I want to play music. Let me this let me could do be more. how they
0: show HomePod right that they that they in- could be use Siri Kit intents and that they show it off in the demo of HomePod.
1: Could be. I mean, my dream last time was that they were going to show cloud services with Siri, too, because that's one of the places that, where they're way behind Amazon is the ability to build cloud apps. Basically, they're like Siri apps that you can talk to on any device because you inst- you, you add them via an app store and then they're just in your Siri. Um, and Alexa does that now <laughs> and uh, and uh, Siri doesn't. So I, but I don't think they're going to do that either. Um uh, I put MacBook and MacBook Air updates, too. I think there is a distinct possibility... Yeah, that
0: MacBook Air. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I think there is a yeah. distinctive possibility, distinct possibility that Apple will just unload a slew of minor updates to the laptop line in at once. I picked the one I wasn't going to pick any more than that. That one's the most mm. relevant to this audience and the most obvious that they could use the latest generation of Intel processors. But I think there's a chance that the whole laptop line could get revved and that they could do it on stage. So we'll see. Everyone likes hardware, whether it's applicable or not. Right, right. Right And if they've got it ready to go and they're and they're gonna just churn through their laptop line, that's two thirds of their of their mac sales like why not do it on stage in front of a, an audience of Mac developers or, or of Mac users who are iOS developers like it's important um my last item and I didn't pick this because we sort of like you got your facetime pick. I didn't want to do two facetime picks, but every year we think maybe they'll do multi person facetime. imagine the demos if you can have like Two two grandchildren in different states talking to grandma at the same time and each other and stuff like that. And all of them using an emoji. <laughs> yeah, right. And and the technology exists to do this. Everybody that's people are like, oh, what about FaceTime? People assume FaceTime will let you talk to multiple people. And it won't. So My only assumption with this, Jason, is that there is just something
0: in the underlying foundation of FaceTime which, that makes it
1: too hard. Yeah.
0: Because why would and so you the not do this by great. now?
1: I know. I I don't. I don't know. It's a it's a real mystery to me because so many other uh, services do offer this sort of thing. So and that's why I didn't pick it. Is like it's gone on so long that they haven't done it that now I feel like I I, I sh- I'm just a fool if I keep picking it. Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me five years in a row. <laughs> <laughs> um, or fool me once, shame on you. Fool me five years in a row, shame on me. I'm a, I, I should I should just get the message that it's never going to happen. And then you know what happens? Then they do it. So maybe this year you've at least said. We it. live in hope. You've at least said it. You know you've got that. Yeah. I all right, so that. that is the
0: draft. Of course, all of those that we've mentioned in this segment, they are non-scorable items. It's merely for, I don't know, bragging rights, I guess. These were the things that we thought, and they end up happening. And also, I guess, to commiserate and be like, oh, why did I put my new iPad Pro in there? I just should have kept the yoga fitness type in. You know, that's that's the kind of idea. So um, on our ne- episode next week, which we will be, we're recording as soon as we can after the keynote ends. So you can look for that. I mean, I'm hoping in all honesty that it will be that we will be able to publish upgrade probably before or just after the State of the Union. It's it's kind of is my hope right. that
1: we will have the episode out as quick as we can. There is a tight window between the keynote and the State of the Union, which is a two Pacific I want to say, that is the window that we're hoping to do. I'm I'm going to run out the doors <laughs> of the keynote the and across to the uh to the hotel and then we're going to do that episode immediately. I think we're already we're going to like make sure lunch is already there so that we don't have to wait like and get lunch and then none of that. We're just going to do it. So it'll be hopefully as quickly as possible Mm -hmm. after the event is over. So Jason will be, uh, he's going to be there. And so he'll be
0: coming from uh, the convention center to meet me and then we'll be recording the show. And we're going to be doing two things. We're going to be scoring the draft and then we're going to be talking about some of the big themes, some of the big ideas, what was announced, what was not announced at WWDC. So you can catch that next week. So look out for that. Um, and again, I'll mention it last time in our show notes this week, which are at relay.fm slash upgrade slash 195. You will be able to find a link to a PDF, which you can download. So you can score along with us and please uh, tweet us with your, the way you scored it. I love to see the, when people are scoring, I love to see what people, um, I, I always find it funny to see how vastly different everybody scores the drafts. That's always, uh, it always makes me smile to see that. So that's always a lot of fun. So we look forward to enjoying that along with you um and uh, if you want to find jason online he's over at sixcolors.com. jason how what are you going to be doing you're going to be live blogging live tweeting the event what's your plan
1: i haven't i haven't come up with my plan yet i will do some coverage from there i figure everybody's going to be watching the video so i hope to do a little bit sort of lighter commentary maybe on uh, on twitter while also uh taking notes and thinking and planning what i'm going to say of course I am Properly. going to link to the at Six Colors event Twitter account because uh, sometimes you will you
0: will put things on there too. So if you want to uh, follow along there, you can. But, of course, if you go to SixColors.com, you'll be able to see whatever Jason's doing, if he's doing anything at that time. But follow Jason on Twitter. He's at jsnell. And I am at imike, I-M-Y-K-E. Um, I want to thank our sponsors one more time, the wonderful folk. Over at uh, Skillshare and ButcherBox and Smile with PDF Pen 10 and also Pingdom as well for helping make this episode happen. We hope that you have enjoyed um, the, the third annual draft, uh, 2018 WWDC draft, and we'll be back next week in person from San Jose, California. Until then, say goodbye, Jason Snell.
1: See you next week, Mike.